We're blessed because it's just another day that we're alive. God gave us breath. He woke us up. You know, the old saints used to say, he woke me up this morning and started me on my way. And that, that really is the case. That's, you know, they used to say, I could have been dead in my sleep, but God kept me alive. Let me see another day. I'm thankful for that. Amen. Praise God. And so welcome to everybody here that's joining us online and in person. God bless you this morning. Thank you for being here. We have a special treat this morning. A good friend of mine, Brother Bussey, John Bussey, hails from Newfoundland, living now in Ottawa in the military, uh, married to a lovely wife, Stacy, and has got three beautiful kids. And he's here this morning serving um, in the church there in Stittsville under Pastor McCarty. And he's a good friend of mine. We're, we're tremendously blessed to have him come and minister to us this morning. And I'm sure he'll He'll introduce himself a little bit and tell you a little bit about himself or just get right into the word. Either way is good with us, but we're glad to have him here this morning. And uh, why don't we stand and pray as he comes. He's going to minister the word of the Lord to us. Oh, and if you're at youth convention tonight, by the way, you'll see him playing guitar, uh, rocking out there, you know. Hopefully he doesn't smash the guitar at the end of the service, but... So if you make your way out to Youth Convention tonight, you're going to be blessed at the Embassy Church in Oshawa. Just take Totten Road, go all the way past the Oshawa Airport there, and it's the church with the big blue roof, giant blue roof. Uh, services are free to get into tonight, so you don't have to get a registration fee. Uh, there's a service at 1.30 and then 6.30 tonight. It's going to be a blessing to you. But let's pray and ask God to speak to us this morning. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We pray, God, that your anointing would fall this morning on Brother Bussy and, and anoint him to speak your word, Jesus, to preach what you have to say to us today, Father. I pray for a powerful move of your spirit in the altar as we worship together. Father, let your will be done in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Brother Bussy. Come and preach. And when he's done, he's going to give you an opportunity to pray around this altar this morning. We're going to have a move of God. Amen. amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother, Bra- Brother Brayson. Praise God. It's good to be in Ajax today. I, um, this has been a, an opportunity for me um, to spend some time with my friend, and uh, we go back a little ways. I know Stephanie and I go back a little bit before then when she uh, lived in Kingston. That's when I was there, and uh, we spent some time together there doing the things of the Lord, and um, I am in the military, so I've had an opportunity. You may be seated. Uh, I've had an opportunity to travel a little bit. Um, I lived in uh, Kingston for a little bit. I lived in uh, Ottawa after that for a couple years. Then I got married. I moved back to Kingston. And uh, then I moved to Mississauga for three years. And then the Lord blessed me with one of the best postings I've ever had. Um, And he sent me down to Colorado Springs, Colorado, where the mountains are and the beautiful weather is. And uh, I spent four and a half years there. Wasn't sure if I wanted to come back or not. (laughs) My wife fell in love with... uh, um, the States, she is uh, American, she's got her American citizenship, so it was very easy for her to be there. Um, but then he brought me back to Stittsville, and uh, here I am here today. And, uh, you know, I've got history, um, you know, with other people here too. I, I know Terry Lee, I saw her earlier, there she is in the back, but uh, I grew up in her dad's church. And um, I lived, I think it was two houses down from the church, and uh, that's where the Lord found me, was there. And uh, I, I spent a lot of time in that church, and her dad, her dad was precious to me, more precious than I realized at the time. And uh, Terry, I was just thinking, well, I hope it's okay to say this, but uh, um, I, was, I, was, I was just thinking a few moments ago, it's probably been about 20 years today when your dad pulled me aside one Sunday morning after church and had one of the most important conversations with me of my life. He spent about 30 minutes with me that morning. And you know what? He had the calling of a pastor in his life. He held that church down for many years. And those 30 minutes that he spent with me that morning was God reaching out to me. God knew I had taken a step in the wrong direction. And he used her dad to reach back and grab a hold of me and say, no, no, no. This is the journey I've got for you. And that, that, that moment will ever, forever stay with me. And I'm thankful for that. 
But the Lord has given me a word for today, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for you today. I give honor to my wife, allowing me to be here. She's home with the baby. <laughs> and my daughter and my son is here. Um, and I give honor to Joel today and, and Sister Stephanie, um, great men of God, great people of God. And they just love the Lord. And, and you love the Lord. I felt such an anointing here today. And I want to thank you for that and allowing God to flow. Um, if you got your Bibles, we're going to open up to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 24. Praise God, I should have brought my water up here. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 24, the Bible says, And the Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, as I have, what? As I have thought. The word thought there means planned or imagined. Um, so, so the scripture is saying, God is saying, As surely as I have planned. As surely as I have imagined it. And, and you know what? There's another aspect to that word thought there. It could also mean to be like. If you look it up in the, in, in, the, in the Hebrew, the word can also mean to be like God. And it's an interesting um, aspect of the word because you really can't separate the plans or the thoughts of God from his, who he is. And so the scripture is saying, surely as I have thought. In other words, surely as it is, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, not you, not me, but as surely as I have purposed, so shall it stand. And the word stand there means it's going to remain. It's not going to fail. It's not going to tumble. It's not going to fall down. But the plans of God are infallible. I've titled this message, The Infallible Plan of God. And I titled it The Infallible Plan of God because, you know, when, when, brother, when your pastor asked me to prepare for this or asked me to come here, I, um, the Lord, Lord began to, to lay this on my heart that it's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay because it's my plan. You're going to make it because it's his plan that you're a part of. Praise God. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we loose your anointing to flow here today, God. We loose your word, God, to reach every heart, God, in this house today, Father. Lord, you know, God, where every single one of us is at today in our journeys with you, God. And, Father, you know how to reach us where we are at today, God. Your grace has pursued us, Father. Your grace has reached out to us, God, and has found us where we are at today, God. And, Lord, we put our trust in your plan today, God, because it is infallible, God. It is not going to fail. And, God, we trust in your word today in Jesus' name. Praise God. I got a simple message for you today, church. It's God's plan. And because it's his plan, it's not going to fail. The question today is not whether you're in God's plan. The question that you have today is whether the plan that you're in is going to make it or not. And I've come, God sent me here to tell you it is going to make it. It is going to stand. It is going to stand strong because it wasn't your plan from day one. It was God's plan. Infallible means to be incapable of being wrong. Infallible means to be incapable of failing, to be incapable of being ineffective. What that tells me is it's, the, it's all of the opposite, that it, it cannot fail, that it is right, it is true, it is, it, it is, it is the word, it is effective. And I'll come to encourage and tell you today that it will prevail, you will prevail. You will be victorious because it is not your plan. It's God's plan. And you know, the, the, the struggle that we have with God's plan is being certain about it. 
We have to have a certainty, a level of certainty in our walk with God if we're going to truly stand in that plan. And, and, and we, we've got to have that firm conviction that you know that you know. Not just wonder, but you've got to know that you can trust in where you are. You've got to know that you can trust because you are in the hands of the Almighty God. Yeah, you might struggle. You might stumble. You might fall down. But you are part of the plan. You're part of the plan that goes beyond your, your little day-to-day plans. Like you, you got a plan for this afternoon. You got a plan for tonight. But you are part of a greater plan that's going to take you into tomorrow. That's going to take you into next week. And he's got a purpose. So when God makes a plan, he doesn't just leave it up to chance. He doesn't say, here's the plan, and then he leaves. He doesn't desert you. He doesn't leave you. And it may seem from time to time that, you know, you f- we find ourselves in this dry and this, this, this weary land. Sometimes it feels empty. Sometimes you feel deserted. But guess what? He's even God in the dry land. He's still God in the valley. And he's just as much God in the valley as he is here today. And it's easy to get in the mountaintop when you come into the church building because you're amongst the people of God. And the people of God are on the mountain. The people of God aren't in the valley. The body is in, on the mountain, whether we believe it or not. The body is on the mountain. But as individuals, sons of God, we can go through dry times in our life. We can go through valleys in our life. But in those valleys, he's still God. In the valley, his plan still stands. It doesn't fail because you find yourself at the bottom. His plan doesn't fail because you find yourself in a place where you can't understand tomorrow. You can't understand the circumstances around you. But you've got to have a certainty. No matter if you're on the mountain or in the valley, his plan is going to stand. Praise God. In a dark place, it can sometimes be easy to question everything. How did I end up here? What happened in my life? What did I do to get here? What did I do to get here? That's what we ask. What did I do wrong? And the problem with that, if you got the Holy Ghost... I've got a scripture in Romans, I believe it is chapter 14, verse 10, that says it is him that can cause us to stand. We think, we're st- we think when we got on the mountain that we got there by ourselves? Uh-uh. If you're on a mountaintop, it's because he's got you there on a mountaintop. If you're in the middle of the mountain and you're still climbing, it's because he's got you there. And he's still allowing you and empowering you to climb that mountain. But we don't want to say that about the valley. Because we don't want to spend time in the valley. That's where it's hard. That's where it's dark. That's where the storms of life happen. But if I'm in a storm, I still got to trust God that I'm still in his plan. And his plan, because I'm in his plan, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, According as, what? According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, he already chose you to be in his plan. He's called you. He's pursued you from day one to be in his plan. So you are strategically placed where you are today. You didn't just end up here by chance. And I, by here, I'm not just meaning in this building. I'm meaning in the, in the place you are in your walk with God, in, your play, in, your, your, in the plan of God. God strategically placed you there. And everything you've experienced up until this day, as hard as it may seem to accept it, God already knew it was going to happen from before the foundation of the world. Before the world was ever created, he had the plan 
already in his thoughts. He already imagined it. He knew how it was going to play out. He knew where you were going to be on this day today. He knew what you were going to have to go through to get to this day today. But let me tell you something. You're here today. You're still here. You're still making it. You're still walking forward. You're still moving upward in your life. You're going to make it because you're in his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts. That means I know, God is saying, I know the plans, the plot that I have, that I think towards you, saith the Lord. And it says thoughts of peace. The word peace there actually means a whole bunch of good things. <laughs> we think sometimes God's this angry God up there. One of the biggest revelations I've ever received of God is that he's a merciful God. He's a kind and tender God. Man, he can reach you when you're at your most broken place, most fragile place in your journey. That's where God can reach in and just, just one touch of his hand lets you know he's still with you. He's still got you, and you're going to make it. And, and you know what? It says, not of evil, but of you what? Shout it out. An expected end. He's not going to desert you. He's not going to let you alone. You say, well, I went and did my own thing. Yeah, we've done that. From time to time, we all do that. Why? Because we've got this here. We've got this called flesh, right? But when you reside in the plan of God... When you walk in his plan, sometimes it may seem dark. It may seem like you don't know where, what's gonna, where you're going to turn or what's going to happen next. But he's the one that's going to take you into tomorrow. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. You're not the one that did it on your own. Even today, he's the one that got you here. It's because of him. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, but ye are a chosen generation you know sometimes we read that and we we just think that's that for granted that that scripture because we've read it so many times we've heard it preached so many times but listen to this it says you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation and we get all excited as apostolics over that don't we but but listen it says and a peculiar people brother i love this pope it's real tall but I, i'm i'm real short eh and you're, you're real tall. I bet you'd love this thing. <laughs> I lean over and I like barely see you guys. <laughs> Praise God. But, but, but Scripture says we are a peculiar people. <laughs> I got to looking at that Scripture. Like, you know, I know I, there's a lot of King James-isms in the, in the Bible. Like, if we're reading the King James Bible, man, you can get stumbled over some of those words. It was written in the era of the King James, Right? But, but when you study the Scripture, when you study the Scripture, you, you, you begin to see the context of what some of these words are talking about. And it brings out some of the stuff beautiful in the Word of God. And, and I begin to look at this word peculiar people. And it's interesting because there's actually three different aspects of what the word can mean. If you just look up in the English dictionary, just the English dictionary alone, okay? Don't even go to the Strong's Concordance or any of that. The English dictionary tells us that the word peculiar means strange or odd. <laughs> Why in the world would God call us a strange people, an odd people, a people that stand apart? Okay? And I get looking at it. So I looked in the, in the Greek and, and at some of the commentaries. And a, and a second aspect of the word means a people that has been secured as a possession means he bought us he he knew we who he knew who we were and and he knew that we were going to be a part of this plan so he bought us he secured us as his possession there, you you did you didn't do anything to earn what you have today it wasn't because of what you did anything you did to end up in his plan he bought you. He, he formed you. He knew of you before even the foundation of the earth. He created you. He knew you were going to exist because he had a plan to possess you. He had a plan that he was going to buy you for his possession. 
his ownership. You don't belong to yourself anymore. You're not your own anymore. You belong to somebody greater. It's not your plan. Your journey that you're walking, it's not your journey. He bought you, and he bought your journey. He bought every one of your experiences. Why? Because he's called you out. You are peculiar to him. You're odd. You're so odd that he says, I want him. I want her. You're so different. He says, that's the person I'm calling right there. Ooh. And you think to be a part of this, that there's some way we can try and fit in with everybody else. <laughs> oh, we'll fit in all right, but only for a time. Because the Bible, there's a, oh, I'm going to get there. Because there's a purpose why he called us. And let me just skip there right now. It says that ye would show forth. Show forth. There's going to come a time where this peculiarness, this oddness that we have, it's going to be showing forth. We're not going to be able to hide it. Why? Because he has called us. He's bought us for such a time as this. Now watch this. There's a third aspect to this word peculiar. One commentary says it means secured for a special reservation. What that means is we are secured, we are bought, we are protected for a special purpose. And you, if you think about it for a moment, the world, the generation, the time that we live in, the time that we are called to be a part of, it's not the same time it was 100 years ago or 200 years ago or even 50 years ago. And if you've been following much of what's happening even 10 years ago, we are called for a special reservation, for a special time, special time. That's why he's got us protected. That's why he's got us covered in his plan. He's got us surrounded by his angels and his kingdom. We are part of his plan. You're not going anywhere. You're not going to walk out the door and, and somehow fall outside of this plan. Something in your life right now is not going to make you stumble and fall. Now, you know what? I could have come in here and preached. You have to get in the plan of God because you're not walking right. But that's not what God laid on my heart. He laid on my heart that it is his plan that they are in. It's not that they're not in the plan of God. It is his plan. And tell them that it's his plan they're a part of. They've got to have a certainty of what they're walking in. They've got to have a certainty of what they are a part of. And it's not going to fall. It is going to stand stronger and stronger and stronger because we've been, we've been reserved for a special time as this to show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. And when his light begins to shine through us, there is no darkness that can stop it. There is no shadow that can hide it. Darkness is actually really only the absence of light. So when he begins to shine through you, you begin to illuminate the darkness around you. Every shadow that you're walking in, if you're in the valley, there's tons of shadows in the valley. But when his light begins to shine, you can say, uh -huh, I see where I need to step. I, I see where I need to go. I see who I need to talk to. I see what I need to do. Because he illuminates it. His plan will always lead you to the next step. It might not show you tomorrow. It might not show you next week, but it will show you the next step of your walk with God. Will always lead you, lead you, not push you, but it will always draw you, lead you to the next step in your journey with God. Chosen for this hour. But to stand, to stand with this certainty that I'm talking about this morning. 
The only way we can have this certainty is to have faith in it. We cannot have certainty in our walk with God outside of faith. Bible says without faith, we can't even come to God. Impossible to come to God. Now, what is faith? You know, I did a study. <laughs> I did a study a number of years ago. It was 2015 or so. I got into studying faith. And I, I looked at every example in the Bible, every one of them I wrote out, and I got studying this stuff. And I, I, I asked the question to God, where does faith come from? I needed to know. I've heard it. I grew up in the church. I, I've heard all kinds of uh, people talk about it. I've, I've, we've sang songs about it. We talk about it. We say we have it. But what is it? And where does it come from? And I got studying. And you know what my conclusion was, brother? It came down to one verse in the Bible that tells me where it comes from. And the Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. But the word there, word, is not logos. Logos can be the plan and written word of God. But the word is rhema, which means the spoken word of God. The only way and the only source of true biblical faith is when God opens his mouth and begins to speak and you hear it. You can hear it by a drawing. You can hear it by an unction. You can hear it by a, a push, or, or not a push, but a, a pull of the Holy Ghost. You wonder, how in the world am I getting through this? It's the unction of God. It's the faith of God. In order for you to ever have received the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us that it had to be done out of faith. You had to first believe in God, and the word believe comes from the same root word as faith. You had to have faith in God. God was the only person, sorry, only one that spoke to you when you were drawn to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, he may have spoken through a man of God. That's why when we stand up here, we need to speak the word of God. We first hear, and then we speak it. And when we speak the word of God, there's a connection of faith. And you receive that in your, in your spirit. And when you receive the reign of God, you receive faith. And the word faith in the Greek is the word P-I-S-T-I-S. It means a supernatural persuasion. It's not a hope. It's not something you hope for. We hope for a lot of things, and we call it, I've got faith in this. That's not faith. Faith is to be supernaturally persuaded. When you've got faith, you are persuaded in something. And I'm going to bring this back to our journey, journeys to the plan of God. Because in order to have certainty in your walk, in, your, in the plan of God, you've got to have faith in that plan. You've got to be persuaded by that plan. If not, you're going to feel like you're wandering. You're going to feel like you're always searching for that plan. You're always looking to see where I fit in. Where is it? Where's the easiest way to walk in this walk, this, this journey? I can't find it. But when faith speaks, when you get faith, there's something about faith that it propels you in a direction, in a journey with God. So when you're in the valley or when you're in, in, in complex situations in your life and everything is broken or dark around you and you can't find a way forward, faith, when faith is there, there's always going to be a next step. And that next step is going to just take you where you need to go in your walk with God. So that's faith. And if we're going to stand strong in our purpose, our purpose has to be birthed from faith, and we need faith in order to continuously walk in that purpose. And, if you, you know, if you, if you even, just, just the very fact that you got here today tells me that there's faith operating in every single one of us. Even if it's the size of a mustard seed. Even if it's the size of the, the smallest thing you can imagine, that little bit of faith was enough to get you here today. It was enough to, to get you out of bed and, and just enough inside of you to, to know I've got to be there or I want to be there. 
or I've got to go, whatever. What, whatever your, your, your attitude to it was, doesn't matter. It still got you here. You can be angry at God, but faith still works through your anger. You can be upset at God, but faith can still carry you through your brokenness. It can still... You can be scarred from your past, but faith can still propel you forward when you've got nothing left inside of you because, because life has beat you up. Faith can move you forward. Faith can keep you moving, can keep you going in the right direction, can bring you out of that valley, can bring you out of that dark place. It's faith that's going to do it. And when faith does it, we are not going to be able to turn around and say, I did that by my own ability. But we're going to be able to look back and say, it was only because of God. It was only because of what he did through me. I don't deserve it. I didn't do anything to, to earn it. But faith brought me forward. And faith is where the church operates in power and authority. Why authority? Because the Bible says all authority, this is not in my notes, but all authority is given to him. Him that sits on the throne in heaven. All authority. That means I don't have any right to do anything of my own ability or my own accord. The only right I have is to choose his plan and not my own. You know, we talk about sin. Sorry, none of this is in my notes, but I'm going to go there. We talk about sin. And we talk about um, uh, things that we do, and we call it sin. And, 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 and the truth is, sin, really, the, the things that we do, the actions or the works that we do that are sinful are really just the result of sin in our life. The words, or the result of iniquity, just wanting to do our own thing. But, but sin comes from the word harmatia, which means a, a portion or share. The word harmatia means a portion or share. A portion or share of what? A portion or share, your portion and your share in the plan of God. Each one of us has a portion and a share in his plan. Each one of us has been given a journey and has been given one lifetime to walk that journey. And you know what? Every opportunity that we have, God, God allows us to choose whether we're going to walk in that plan or not. He's given us flesh. He's given us that tree in the midst of the garden because he knows every day we're going to have to walk by that tree and make a choice. He knows that tree is going to be there with the beautiful fruit and all of its luster. It's going to be there every day. It's not going away anywhere until you get caught up. Until you get to heaven, that that flesh, you're going to have to learn to contend with it. And it's our choice. So the only thing that we have authority to do is to choose him. To choose his plan. And I'm going to show you in just a moment. That the moment we make the choice... He's, 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 he's taken every other right away from us. When you chose to be baptized in his name and take his name on and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he took complete ownership of you. And the only thing that we have left, our only right, is to choose his will. And really, he's given us one lifetime. One lifetime. To prove to him that we're going to choose his, his plan. Because that's the only plan that's going to go into eternity is his. But the beautiful thing about it is you're part of that plan. Your plan doesn't just end on this earth, but your plan goes through eternity. It goes beyond this lifetime. There is a time after this time. There is a generation after this time. There is an age after this time. It doesn't just end. Heaven is not just our goal. Heaven is really almost the starting point of eternity. And we all, we need to, all we're choosing is we, we want to get there. We want to get there. We don't want heaven on this earth. Yeah, we do, but 
Our choice is to be part of his plan. Now let me move on. Let me get back to the notes here, Bussy. <laughs> I used to teach. I used to teach a lot that faith was the sword of the Spirit. And we read that Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. You don't have to pull it up, but it says the, the, the sword of the Spirit being the Word of God. And we talked about the Word there. It's Rhema again. So I used to, I used to preach and teach that the sword of the Spirit was, was, was faith, and, and that's true. And we use the sword to go on the offensive in our life. But there comes times in our walk, in our journey with God, that we need faith to not, not just be on the offensive, but we need faith to be able to defend ourselves, to defend what it is I know in here. And, and Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, which is the verse before it, you can put it, is a shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You know what the darts they're talking about? It's all those voices that are coming in here and that you're hearing that are not the voice of God. The only way to defend against that is to have faith. Because when you have faith, you have truth. You have truth. You know what's true. And you can't defend yourself against lies, against deception until you have faith. Until you're persuaded in it. And when you're persuaded in it, when those thoughts come and say, well, I don't, I, I don't think I should be doing, I don't think that's right. No, that wasn't the word of God. The word of God said, this is where you're at. This is where I've got you. It doesn't matter what your situation is or feels like or, or it sounds like. This is where I've got you and this is where you're going to stand. Because if you step outside of that. You're going to stumble. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. But God knows we're human. He knows that every once in a while we're going to step out. But his grace brings us back. His blood brings us back. We, we sang about it. His grace pursues us. The moment we step out, it rushes to our need and pulls us back. It says, this is your journey. This is where I'm going to give you faith to walk. This is where I'm going to empower you to walk. Praise God. And then, you know, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, every example of faith in the Bible, every example, Hebrews chapter 11, every example started with a word from God, a, a spoken word from God. He told Noah, go build an ark. The Bible says, by faith, he did this. He told Abraham, get out of your country. I'm sending you to another land. Abraham obeyed by faith. Jericho, they walked around the walls of Jericho, right? Because God said they had faith to obey it. And Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 2, it says this about faith. It says, for by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. The word report there means a testimony, but not a testimony for today, a lasting testimony. By faith, all of these men of God, by faith they stepped out and they obeyed God in their time. And because they did, they left a testimony that would be a testament to the next generation. That would be a testament for somebody else of the faith and power of God and plan of God. So when you are in your situation and you don't know why you're there or understand why you're there and it just doesn't seem right for you and you don't, don't know why it's so hard, just know that God is using you to leave a testimony for somebody else. It's not about you. It's about the plan of God. And you've got a portion in that plan in the body. You see, we're all linked together. I think there's a scripture about that. We're all joined together. It's like we're all this big piece, little pieces of a big puzzle. But when you step out of your place, there's a hole in that puzzle that you've left. And God said, I want you to go back because this is where you fit. You don't fit over here. You might want to be over here. It might look a little prettier over here. It might seem a little better, but you'll find that you really don't fit over there because I've designed a place for you to be in him. Praise God. Romans chapter 5 and 2. It says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. We can't have grace without faith. There's no way you can give up your life to a God that you haven't first been persuaded in. 
There's no way you're going to learn to live by grace or the empowering of the Holy Ghost. There's no way you're going to trust in that unless you're first persuaded that he's the one that's going to help you make it. He's the one that's going to help you overcome. He's the one that's going to help you be victorious in your life. And you know what? He will allow us to fall time and time again. He will allow us because his grace is going to be there to pick us back up. And the important thing is to get back up, to get back to the altar. Come back and find that place of repentance. The blood doesn't diminish. The blood is never going to go away. If he chose to give his life for you, he's not going to reverse that just because you stumbled and fell. The only way... To step outside of blood is to do what they did in the Old Testament. And the Bible used the word rejection. The word, when, when the scripture talks about they, they rejected faith, they rejected him. The word there is to choose, to refuse, to be persuaded. They chose to not be persuaded. They chose to not accept faith. And without faith, they could not come to God. So when faith steps into your situation, it provides an open door. And because it gives us access into grace, grace is what empowers us to step up and to walk through that door. The Holy Ghost begins to to work through us to begin to walk in the journey he's designed for us. That's grace. But because you've been persuaded. And, but if you find yourself walking, walking, I've got faith. And all of a sudden I come up against something. And it feels like I'm kicking a wall. I know it's a chair. But. And I stop. And I begin to walk again. Walking by faith. God says, go here. And I go there. And all of a sudden, I kick a wall again. I messed it that time, brother. I kick a wall. When you kick a wall in your walk with God, it's because grace is not allowing you to go there. When grace, you got to understand how grace operates. Grace is not something that's just going to You're just going to go anywhere. That's not how grace works. In our flesh, we will try to go anywhere. We will try to go to the path of least resistance. We will. We will. And because we've got the Holy Ghost, because you've been bought, because we've got flesh, it's it's very easy from time to time to forget that we've been bought, that we are his possession. So it is very easy for us to want to do that, to walk. But when we kick that wall, it's like Paul on his way to Damascus, right? Paul had a, Paul had a purpose. He was going, man. He was in the will of God. He was one of the most devout Jews. He was in the will of God, and he came up, and, and, and the Bible says God, God appeared to him in the, the burning bush and said, why, why are you doing this, Paul? Why are you per- persecuting me? Paul, what are you talking about? And I think the scripture says it was like he was kicking against the what? The pricks. You look up that word pricks there. <laughs> it's, it's quite cruel, actually. It was the, it, correct me if I'm wrong, some of you scholars, but it, it was the, like, like picture this staff or a stick, and it's got all these pointy things on it. And, and, and they, would, they, would, they would keep, they would use that to prod the cattle. If I, got, I hope I got this right. I, I, they would use it to, when the cattle would slow down, they would prick the cattle, and the cattle would get going, right? But the cattle would get a little bit upset every once in a while, would get a little, little angry. Why am, I, why am I doing this, all this work? And the cattle would kick back, try to kick back, right, at the shepherd or whatever. And the old shepherd would have that stick right there because he'd know it would be coming. And they kicked back and they would prick themselves. Whoo! That cattle would get angry. But the prick would cause them to go in the direction he was supposed to go. 
So if I got the story right, the Lord is saying, Paul, why are you kicking against the pricks? Why are you doing this to yourself, Paul? That's not the direction I want you to go in. I've got a purpose. I've got a plan for you. I've known you from before the foundation of the earth, and I don't care what you've done until today. I know what I know. I know what I've got planned for you tomorrow. That's not your direction, Paul. And all of a sudden, when grace begins to take over in your life, there's a propelling that happens within your spirit that pushes you on your journey, draws you down that path that you're supposed to be walking. That's grace. Grace will keep you from walking in the direction you're not supposed to be walking. It'll keep you from becoming settled in a place in your walk that you're not supposed to settle in. It'll open up a door that you're supposed to walk through, and it'll close another door that you're not supposed to. And you can get as frustrated as you want and try to kick down that door. Grace and the blood is still going to keep you where you're supposed to be. But you've got to trust. You've got to trust and have a certainty that it's going to keep you. Knowing how fragile and how human you are, the Lord sent me here to tell you, you've got to trust in my plan because it's my plan. Let's stand. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. That prevails. Philippians 2 and 13. For it is God which worketh in you to do and to will and to do of his good pleasure. Praise God. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are his workmanship. Romans 8 and 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Verse 31 says, what shall we then say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? In the next few moments, I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. In fact, let's just come now. Let's all come as a, as a congregation. Why don't we this morning just renew our confidence, renew our certainty in His call on our life, in His plan for our life. Knowing that you are protected, knowing that you are secured for such a time as this. You may think that you're not worthy or you're not. Why would He call you? That's not for you to question. But He called you and because He called you, His plan is going to prevail in your life. Praise God. What a saint. Jesus name, Jesus name. The still stand, great is your faithfulness. Oh yes, Lord. Faithfulness. Still in your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank this you, Lord, that you got me. Thank you, Lord, that you never fail me. Yet. Oh, I may not see tomorrow, God, but you got all the pieces in your hands. Peace of my broken life in your hand today, God. Walking around these walls. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thought by now they'd fall. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But you have never failed me. Waiting for you, change Lord, to come. Thank you, God, for my Knowing circumstances. The battles for you have never failed me. And I'm going to survive. I'm going to make it to tomorrow, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. 
This is by confidence. Never fail me yet. Never fail me yet. Just, just get lost in Him right now. I know the night won't last. Thank you, Jesus. For your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. Oh, Jesus, you're still enough. So keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. For your promise stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. And I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me. And your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. And I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet.
flow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. There's a peaceful presence of the Lord here. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love. Your love surrounds us. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love. Your love surrounds us. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. So overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your love, your love surround. You're the reason we came to encounter your love. Your love surrounds us. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came. Encounter your love, your love surrounds us. For a miracle can happen now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here, and the evidence is all around that the Spirit. A miracle can happen now. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is here, and the evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. So overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. Overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your love, your surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love. Your love surrounds us. Mm, yeah, yeah. All my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing 
어떤 끝내 생각